نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم أما بعد discussed various aspects about the will, about other aspects pertaining to inheritance. Some general points. One more aspect regarding the will is the advice that a person puts into that will for those who will be behind, who will then later on be addressed and who will take on after him his family, his children, his relatives, whoever else. This has been something which was always the practice of our Kabirin, that they wrote detailed advice in their will. When a person gives some advice in his lifetime to somebody, that is called nasihat, advice. Similar advice is often summarized, some important points are put into a person's will, which is called wasiyat. Wasiyat is in a general term, person's parting advice. Many a times we might have heard somebody say that this was the wasiyat of my father, wasiyat of my mother, that I should do this, or I should do that. So therefore a lot of importance is given to it, a lot of concern is given to trying to fulfill that. So this is something to do, this is something to pay attention to and put some advice in the will for those who will then follow later on. What is the type of advice? So generally all the type of advice that a person should have been giving in his lifetime is a type of advice to put in the will as well. But obviously it will be the very very salient points, important things. In there one should very clearly repent from anything that was done publicly. Make a public, make a declaration in there that I have already repented from these things. In the sense that, for example, you find many of our Kabir, not many, but one or, one or two who had previously had been, for example, photographed somehow. And their photographs appeared in newspapers and so on. One or two of them had at one point in time been of the view that it is permissible, then they later on retracted. So they put this down in their wasiyat as well. That this is something I have totally retracted from. If any such picture is found anyway, it must be torn up immediately. And I have made toba from this long ago. And if it was something that they never had regarded as permissible in the first place, they clarified that. That if any picture of mine appeared anyway, it was without my knowledge. I had no idea that this was taken. So this kind of things also were included in those worlds. Then in those in that wasiyat, advice to one's family members to be punctual on their salah, to be fulfilling the laws of Allah Ta'ala, the rights of people, to stress upon one's the females in one family to observe parda properly. So all these type of things as well, Hazrat Mufti Shafi Sabrahmatullah. It was a lengthy wasiyat that he wrote out and he even published this in his lifetime. Many others did this. So this is also a part of the will, the wasiyat that a person makes in terms of advice. And this is the last opportunity a person has to give some advice after he's closed his eyes. Because this is, he's directly addressing people. He's directly addressing his family. He's addressing whoever else. 
in that he's asking, he has an opportunity to ask everybody's forgiveness also. If I have trampled anybody's right, then claim it. If you don't want to claim it, forgive me for it. If I've hurt somebody's feelings, forgive me for that. So there are many things that can be put in there, settling one's own issues and also giving advice to one's family members. So this is something that should be done. There are some sample advices that have been published in some places, can use that as an example, and one can redraft that in one own, for one's own needs. So this is something that is also part of the will, the advice, the wasiyat. And as we just said, people give a lot of importance to this. So why should we let this opportunity go? Sometimes in the person's lifetime, he said many things, nobody took heed. But when they see it now in his wasiyat, in his will, they feel a certain degree of obligation now that at least the person's parting wish now we should respect. He asked us to do these things, we should try and do it. In any case, some other general aspects. One aspect we had already covered was deaths. So that is already in terms of what needs to be put into the world, we've already discussed. But just the aspect of deaths in itself. Nabi Wasallam also took loans. The Sahabai Kiram also, there are many instances where you will find that a Sahabi took a loan for something. So taking a loan, taking a debt upon oneself, this is something that has happened, it's established. But the issue is that what were these loans taken for? These loans were taken in the most desperate situations for essential needs. When there was no way out but to take the loan and for something essential. No way we will find that there were loans taken for luxuries. Loans taken in order to so-called enhance the quality of life as they call it. This has been the capitalist system the western system, that they make so-called money freely available. Nothing is for free, but that's what they call it, freely available. Meaning taking loans on interest, freely available, and then the person is indebted for life, and he must log just merely to keep the capitalist system turning. Just keep the wheels of the economic capitalist system turning. So whether he likes it or not, he must now work at that pace, and in order to fulfill that installment at the end of the month, day and night, that is his whole concern. So taking loans and debts for these kind of things, this is alien to the culture of Islam, the way of Rasulullah Rather the culture of deen is that there is a very, very strong emphasis on avoiding loans. It's permissible. Where necessary, Nabi Islam even took a loan. And the Sahaba also took but the culture that has been set is something totally opposite. And as we have heard in many du'as, that those du'as are ta'aleem. One du'a Nabi Islam made, Allahumma inni a'udhu bika minal kufri wa dayn. Ya Allah, I seek your refuge from two things. From kufr and from dayn, from debts. Now what is being joined up? One sahabi questioned it, when he heard this, he got a shock. He asked Nabi Islam, Ata'adilul kufra biddain? Are you equating kufr with debts or debts with kufr? So obviously it's not equal in the sense that kufr is kufr 
Death is not kufr. Death is something established. But meaning in, in seeking refuge, you are asking for refuge from these two things in the same breath. So Rabbi Salaam said, yes. And the reason that sometimes these debts become even the means of kufr. How many times a person is steeped in debts? Now he's got no, apparently no way to come out of it. And then in a very subtle manner, somebody is offering him some help. But there's a price tag attached to that help at the back, which comes out very quietly. He doesn't even realize it. That price tag is he must sell his iman. For some hamper sometimes, to pay off some bills, whatever else. And a person now, in that state of poverty, in that state of helplessness outwardly, desperation, the person in order to get some debts off, get some bills paid out, he then... Allah forbid, sells his iman sometimes. So this is the extreme case. Many a times those debts lead a person to committing major sins. So the culture that deen has created is to totally be on the guard as far as possible to avoid taking any loans, any debts. When necessary, well and good. There's some deeny necessity, there's some worldly necessity, but it's a necessity. It's not just for the sake of some kind of entertainment. Just for the sake of some kind of uh, luxuries and comforts. Their deen has taught us qana'at, contentment. That a person keeps himself content, that is the greatest wealth. Innal ghina, ghina nafs. Nabi Islam says the greatest wealth, innal ghina, al ghina, the real wealth. The real wealth is contentment, ghina nafs. Person, content person, He's at peace. Sometimes a person has a problem, something happened in his business or his job or whatever. So many a times a person, he is expressing the problem, he is expressing the situation, but at the same time, he is saying, Alhamdulillah, I haven't got any problem in the sense that I'm not owing anybody anything. So that is his biggest relief, that I'm not owing anybody anything. So sometimes it becomes a situation where a person had to take some loans, sometimes it becomes, he took a loan for whatever the necessary things were, and things turn around the other way, becomes difficult to pay it back sometimes. These things do happen, but the initial moment of taking that loan is what we are talking about, that somebody taking a loan has to check, what is the reason for it? Why is he taking it? If it is something within the culture of deen, well and good. Something that is alien to the culture of deen is part of this capitalistic culture. Then we need to be away from that. We need to stay away from taking loans for those purposes. Just for some people are taking loans just to have a grand wedding. Just to have a wedding for their son or daughter which will be in line with what others are doing. So now the person is taking loans for this. Just so that he could also be in that society. And now that wedding took place, people still had complaints that everything wasn't done to the style that we expected. And somebody else who was a close person also somehow got forgotten, he got left. So now that spoiled the whole thing. Because now he'll make you listen till Qiyamah. That you called the whole town and you forgot me. So all that what a person was desirous of achieving out of spending all this, that is all already now severed. And at the end of the day, he is now burdened with these debts. People have lost what not. They have lost their businesses and what not. 
as a result of going deep into debt just in order to have a wedding of a certain standard. One person who does some kind of catering, so he knows all these things firsthand what goes on. He says that many of the weddings that he has to somehow end up going there to do whatever his job is, he says forget all the other things, the deco, which is all torn and thrown away, just the deco, 150, 200, 300,000 rands are spent, just on deco. Now, this is something which we have to sit back and reflect, that are we not going to be un- answerable for this on the day of Qiyamat? So Allah Ta'ala is not going to question us. Whether people are starving and suffering, who could have had how many meals out of this money or not, that itself is another issue. That only makes this even worse. It compounds the issue. Even if there was nobody starving, even if there was nobody in need, then to to waste this money in this manner is its major ingratitude for this gift of Allah Ta'ala. And this is something we will be answerable for on the day of Qiyamah. So, this was the aspect of debts. Then another on the general points, one point we spoke about was gifts. So gifts in terms of the definition of property. That when a person, sometimes we receive gifts, especially a couple are newly married, people give them gifts to know who this belongs to. Or if it belongs to both people, what are the proportions? Generally it will be half and half, then to know it, that this is belonging to both parties. But on that note, a second point on that, which is not directly related, but sometimes can become related also. Many a times, children are given gifts. Sometimes by the parents themselves, sometimes by others. So one is that a gift sometimes is maybe something that lasts a couple of days and is over, it's something edible, consumable, the child ate it up. But sometimes it's a gift of a garment, for example, some shoe. Now these things last a while, and the child outweighs it in a short time. Now that child was given this gift. That is not the ownership of anybody but that child. Now because the child outweighs it, parents sometimes don't give it a second thought, take it and just pass it on to somebody else. Somebody, some other child in the family, extended family, give it to somebody who is in need. But that didn't belong to the parent. That belonged to the child. So the parents can't just give it away. Yes, as the guardian of the child, if they wish that this is of no use to the child now, so what is the market value of that? They buy it off. Now they do what they want with it. Put that money in the child's possessions, in his savings or whatever. So many a times this happens that the child is given some gift and that gets just something else happens to it which the parents will become answerable. The simple thing at that time is that if somebody wants to give a gift, make it known to them that look this becomes a complication. So if you don't mind, make me the owner of it. I will be the owner. This child will use it. Later in time some other child will use it. If you wish then we'll pass it on to somebody else. They want at the end of the day the child's happiness or the child to use something generally they won't mind so make this known if this is not possible for whatever the reasons are then we need to handle that very carefully otherwise that becomes a problem especially if it is edible things and so on this becomes an even bigger problem now that child was given something edible he doesn't want to eat it he wasted used ate part of it and just kept it aside so now nobody can just consume that if the child is now balir then he can't give a gift to somebody also 
So now this becomes a complicated thing. So then this has to be handled with care. Either now somebody is buying it off. The wali and guardian can make that decision. Whatever it's worth, he's buying it off. Now he can, having bought it off, put the money in the child savings. He can now use and dispose it as he deems appropriate. So this is an important aspect in terms of gifts. That with gifts of children also, as we just said, that sometimes this can become a complicated thing in terms of estates. That now it's a child's possession. Nobody knows whether this is the parents, or it's a child, or who owned it. So that too should be known then, that who is owning this item. So this, these are few aspects in terms of debt, in terms of gifts. And then we spoke about the wasiyat, the advice, which a person is to put into his will, in terms of advising his family members, guiding them onto deen, whatever other advice he needs to give, even in terms of worldly decisions, how they are supposed to go about making their decisions. Maybe he'll put something there, that please seek advice and guidance from these people in the family, who have experience, who have an insight. Otherwise, people sometimes, somebody is leaving behind young children, and they got no direction, so they just do things willy-nilly, they have no idea what they are doing. So he's put this there in his will, they will respect that. And they will take advice from whoever he has mentioned in that will. So these are things that will make things smooth and easy for those who are behind us. The whole idea of this will, the whole idea of all these aspects is that a person doesn't leave room for disputes, doesn't leave any scope for arguments, for problems, for quarrels. Unfortunately, this then becomes a major problem. person has hardly even disintegrated in his qabarsl and already there's a major problem behind him. People are already fighting over things he's left behind. Therefore, together with this, while we discuss that this is something that a person shouldn't and he cannot just give away everything, Nabi Islam said, leave something for your heirs. So while he should leave something for them in terms of dunya, in terms of material things, the more important thing together with that is to leave deen for them. If he's left deen behind for them, then inshallah they will do the right thing. And what he's left behind for them, they will use some part of it for his benefit. So that the sawab continues to him. Otherwise, if there's no deen left behind, then whatever dunya is left also, they will use that in a way that will become a means of earning even greater wrath of Allah Ta'ala. So may Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq that these are fundamental lessons. We have to implement these lessons. These are for our benefit, the benefit of our families. And these create a lot of peace, harmony. It saves.